Welcome back to Strip Down. I am so excited for today's show. I have an incredible woman and mama on my podcast today. I'm sure most of you know her. She is hilarious. I've personally been to one of her amazing shows and I've been dying to get her on. And finally now in all the craziness with the pandemic and quarantine, I'm able to grab her and have her on my show remotely. We were trying to record in LA IRL before all this happened, but you know, things uh, we're busy with both our schedules, mom life, you know, real life. So we're making it happen today. I have the amazing Meredith Masony, who founded That's Inappropriate in 2014 as an innocent and humorous way to chronicle her chaos days as a working mom, child wrangler, and busy wife. It soon evolved into a massive dynamic community of parents, now nearly 3 million strong, no big deal, brought together by their shared belief that parenthood and marriage don't have to be perfect. Meredith, I'm so excited to have you on Strip Down today. Welcome to my show. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. I know it's it's been like the weirdest um, game of hide and seek because <laughs> we have yet to be able to be sort of in the same place at the same time. Totally. But um, you're right, COVID, haha. So we're all at home. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. We're all at home. We're all making it work. We're just we're just doing it and making things happen. So I'm so excited though to have you on because I mean, first off, like I went to one of your shows before all the craziness in the world was going on. It was so much fun. Justin, my husband, and I went. And where were we? Which where was that theater? It was in North Hollywood. Yeah, I no. Uh, I have babies. Uh, Burbank, right? Oh, Burbank. Yes, yeah. yes. It was hilarious. I mean, the show was hysterical. Everybody was just laughing so hard at like all your, you know, mom truth shares and everything you were saying. And I just find, I think like why people love you is they just find you so relatable, which is why I wanted to have you on my show today because I was like, you know, I think people could really use some laughter <laughs> uh, in this time and know it's okay to kind of be feeling like it's a shit show right now. And um, that that's just kind of the norm for all of us. And we're all doing the best we can do, especially as parents and working and everything else. But before we kind of get into it, I wanted you to kind of just tell a little bit more than what I shared in your bio of like, you know, a little bit of like your story and how that's inappropriate kind of came to be and like a little bit more about you for those that maybe don't know you. So it's, um, I don't know, I wouldn't say it's a funny story of how I got started, but it's a story. Um, I was a public school teacher uh, in my previous life and um, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I was a PE and health teacher, taught history. I taught pretty much everything. Um, what is it? Jack of all trades, you know, master of none. <laughs> so that's pretty much me. But, uh, but I, I, um, I was in sort of the trenches and weeds of parenting. I had all of my kids relatively close in age. So I have a now 14 year old, almost 12 year old and soon to be 10 year old. Wow. So, um, my kids, I, I feel like I was pregnant for like five years straight. <laughs> um, and the last two were close because I found out I was pregnant when my daughter turned one. Wow. So I had like, I had my three kids relatively close. Um, and then around, it feels like after 30, it was just, things were just a blur. And uh, around the age of 34, I remember just talking to my husband and saying like, I, you know, I'm depressed. I don't know who I am. I don't know what's going on. The, I, you know, I, I'm stressed out all the time. Like it's, it's hard to be in the trenches, uh, which all parents live for quite some time in the trenches. And my husband's great advice um, I love my husband, I love my husband, was to get a hobby, which is laughable um, because you, you do have hobbies as a mom. It's taking care of everybody else and finding all of their crap and keeping all of their schedules and doing all of the things. Um, but he did encourage me to, to pick up a hobby. And so I started working out. I started CrossFit when like CrossFit started to become like a really popular thing back in 2014. And, um, it was so funny because I was going and working out every day and I got really sick 
And I was like, that's so weird that I'm working out and eating well. And yet I'm getting like, I'm so sick. I had the worst heartburn ever. I was, um, wasn't able to keep food down. I started, um, uh, increasing my dose of heartburn medication, my prescription, like by two or three times, it was crazy. I was just constantly popping pills, um, heartburn medication pills and, uh, Tums. And so I finally got my doctor to listen to me because he kept pushing me off and telling me, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. You're fine. And uh, I finally, finally got him to give me a, um, a scope, an endoscopy, and they found a lump. And when I woke up from that, they told me, look, we need to send you to the hospital for an ultrasonic endoscopy because we're going to have to take a biopsy of whatever this is. So they sent me in for that. Um, I woke up to my husband having to tell me that they, in, in fact, found a tumor. The doctor had left to go golfing and didn't even wait for me to wake up. And um, so my poor husband had to tell me that they found a tumor, which they couldn't biopsy because it had already ruptured my esophagus. And we needed to, um, I needed to see an oncologist. So um, that started this entire whirlwind of, um, you know, trying to figure out what we were going to do at 34 with three kids. Like I was, I just thought to myself, holy crap, you know, like my life can be done like in an instant. And what did I do? Like, what have I done with my, with the last 34 years that I was given? And I knew a couple things. I knew I married the right guy and I had three beautiful children. And if I was going to die, I was happy with those things. I wasn't necessarily happy with uh, my professional goals that I had, because as a kid, I wanted to grow up and be Barbara Walters and be on Saturday Night Live. So I hadn't met those goals. I know they sound weird, but they swear they go hand in hand. Barbara Walters, what a gem. Um, but anyway, so the, the short version of this is I went in for the, um, to, saw an oncologist. We got a game plan. Um, I had this big old massive surgery. They resected a large portion of my esophagus. It wasn't cancer, but it destroyed most of my esophagus. So I had to have reconstructive surgery. Um, I had to have two more surgeries after that to fix different things. But all in all, I was, I was healthy and I was given a second chance. So when I woke up from this surgery, um, I looked at my husband and I said, um, I love you, but I have some things I have to do. And I started this blog a month after the surgery. Wow. So I decided that life really was and is too short. And I was going to start crossing off some of those things that I had on my list that I hadn't paid attention to for forever. And so I just started talking about the realities of being a mom because I just kind of felt like as moms, we are told um, to put everyone first, take care of everyone's needs. Don't worry about what you need or what you want. Smile while you're doing that. Pretend and lie about how great everything is. Um, never, never um, really discuss the, the hard truths about what's going on because that's unflattering and repeat that cycle until you die. And I felt like social media amplified that cycle. And instead of talking about the things that we really wanted to talk about and discussing the things that were really bothering us, I felt like social media was just giving a lot of support to those who were pretending. Um, and I didn't want to play that game. So I said, what if we just talked about things and like how they actually are and how hard it is to raise kids and how hard it is to be married and talk about, you know, the, yes, of course it's, it's like being, being a mom is, is a very important part of who I am, but it's one part of who I am. It's not everything that I am. And I feel like once we become moms, we're told to just be that one thing. And you can't just, you, you can't forget who, we forget who we are because I think that's part of the danger of becoming a mom. Yeah. 
But I think if we stopped and took the time to realize how dangerous that is for ourselves, our children, and our spouses, we'd realize that it's our job to reclaim ourselves because it's better for everyone else, including ourselves. Right. Yeah. Well, and I love that, like, you know, you kind of obviously went through something pretty massive and like life-changing that you were like, okay, I need to like do me and not just do me being a mom. And I think, you know, I agree with you, obviously being like, you know, a new mom again, I feel like, you know, like a new mom again, being of two, like I've realized how much I have to like hone in on my own stuff and be like, okay, this is what makes me happy. And this is what I need to do. And not just feel like I'm always in mom life and worry about this and worry about that. And it's like, yeah, of course, it's our main priority. And we love them to death. And they're amazing. And they're blessings. But we still have moments where like, I need to feel like me, like, I need to be able to like, look at myself and say, okay, like, this is what makes me happy. This is what made me happy before. Or this is a new hobby of mine that makes me happy. Like, you with your blog and you know, all these connections you made. And I love that you said that about social media, because obviously, you know, one of my main jobs is being an influencer. But I personally also like struggled with that when I first had Amelia, you know, my first daughter, and I went through pretty heavy postpartum depression. And when I started, you know, posting on there about my heavy postpartum depression and how dark I felt and how alone I felt, at first it was like crickets. Like it was like I had all these people unfollow me. My pictures were no longer glam from, you know, being all the celebrity Hollywood stuff I was doing. And it was like, oh, what is this? And people were just like, oh, I'm not interested. And it was such a, like a defeating feeling. Like I was like, oh my gosh, like what did I just do? You know, like my, my, my job, my brand, all these things. But then like a beautiful thing happened. The mom community rallied around me and were like, oh yeah, I feel that way too. And thanks for being real about that. And like, hey, you know, I, I needed to hear that because like I had a really shitty night last night. And, you know, and I think more moms want to be honest like that. Like I always say real and raw, you know, on my platform, but it's like, whether it's inappropriate, real and raw, like however, you know, transparent, however you want to put it, it's just being real. It's just being authentic about what you're feeling, what's going on, what you're going through and like allowing yourself that permission to share it, not feel like to fit into this like perfect box on Instagram or Pinterest, you know, perfect moms that like, just not all of us are, you know, and don't want to be, you know? And I think it's like just owning that and being like, this is what's important to me. And this is how I do things. And it's okay. I share things that way. And I feel like a lot of times people feel like they need permission to feel that way, which is probably why, you know, when you started your blog and everything like you've done with your shows and all your comedy, people relate so much because you're giving them permission to be able to feel that way and to say those things without feeling like a shitty mom. Right. And it's just sad that we feel like we have to ask permission. But I think that's also something that has sort of been hammered into us from the time that we were tiny was you need to have, you know, and I also think, and this is going to piss some people off that that's a, a woman thing, not a man thing, because my husband doesn't ask permission for anything, you know, <laughs> but like, I'll find myself asking him permission sometimes for things. And he's like, you don't have to ask me permission for that. And it's like, oh, I was, well, what I meant was, and it's like, no, I, I really didn't need, I was, I was, it was a courtesy, but you're right. I, I should have just said, this is what I'm going to do. You know, is that going to work in your schedule? Because we don't need to ask permission. We, we do need to own every ounce of ourselves, but it's very hard to do that because from day one, we're really told to, you know, once you become a mom, you got to die to yourself. You got to become a martyr. You have to just be this mom. And it's like, well, what happens when the kids grow up and they leave? Yeah. Like, what happens? Because at some point, if I'm successful and my kids grow up and they decide to go, I don't know, college, whatever, I don't even, I don't care what they do. As long as they graduate high school, like they get to make choices. They want to go to college, not whatever. But if, if they, if they, you know, launch and they leave the nest, which is what they're supposed to do. I'm going to have to find something else to fill my time. You know, like they're not going to be here forever. They're not supposed to. They're supposed to go and do and be the people that they're supposed to be. So we better figure out who we are and the things that we like and what we want to do. Because at some point we are going to be empty nesters, you know, God willing. Right. So to me, I'm sitting here looking at this and, and you know, my youngest is nine, going to be 10 in October. And I've got, you know, like eight, 10 years left of this, like really intense full-time, not that you're ever not a mom, right? Cause we still call our moms and our dads for things, but it shifts. 
in life, all of these things shift and they change. We need as women, as wives, as mothers, we need to be ready for that shift because things will change. They're supposed to change. It's not supposed to stay the same. Right. It's supposed to change. Yeah. So that's, but that's scary because sometimes I feel like there are, there are women out there who were not given an opportunity or didn't give themselves the opportunity to um, figure out who, who they are after getting lost in motherhood. And then they're, you know, 48, 49, 50, and their kids are gone. And it's like, well, what now? Right. What now? Yeah. What and I don't want that for women. I want women to be like, Hey, you know, let's talk about this because at some point we're all going to have these grown, grown ass kids. And we got to, you know, do I like to cook? Probably not. I've been doing it for the last 20 years. Maybe I want to do something else. You know, I don't know. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no. And I, I mean, and I just, I just love how real and like honest you are about that. Because again, like you said, I agree with you. I think we do as women and I, I, I agree with you as far as women are concerned. We do feel like we have to ask permission, like us as women, like, hey, I'm going to do this or hey, this is what's happening. And it's like, but you don't have to. It's something you want to do or something that makes you happy or whatever it may be, then you should just do it. And it shouldn't be a question, but for whatever reason in our minds, for most of us, it is. And it's like, oh, well, should I do that? Or, you know, like even today for me, like I had a bunch of emails I had to do. And then I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll just like, you know, like relax for a few and I'll do these emails and then I'll go back and do this. But in my head, I'm like, no, no, I have to get this done. I have to get that done. And I'm like questioning all these things in my mind because then I know I have to get back to nursing Arlie and then do this with Amelia and this and that. And I'm like, wait that would make me feel good if I could sit for 10 minutes and meditate. Like, it's like, you know, but it's like, you have to check in with yourself and like, you know, something just as small as that and be like, but I'm allowed to give myself that time to be able to then be a better person and mom and wife and everything else. If I don't do that, then I'm not filling back my cup. And I, I used to laugh at people when they'd say like, oh, you know, if your cup isn't full, then no one else can be full. And I, I used to be like, yeah, okay, okay. And I never used to get it. And then I became a mom and I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta make sure my cup is full, at least half full. Like. You know, it's like, it's like a real thing, you know, but again, I feel like a lot of times moms just feel so guilty about filling up their own cup. Why, why do you think that is from the community you've built and everything you've done, you know, these women and parents that have all come around you, what have you seen? Like one of the reasons might be why they have that guilt of like allowing that time for themselves. I just think it's hilarious that we as women, um, also give ourselves like, so we talk about self-care, right? Cause that's such a big buzzword right now. And everybody oh. wants to talk about self-care and what you need, but then we're on here and we're discussing like five minutes of closet time hiding from people is self-care. And it's like how, what a bunch of bullshit that is. Right. But it's like when you're in the middle of this and you're down in the trenches of parenting, that five minutes is the difference between having a massive breakdown or be able, be, being able to reel it back in. But is that really the self-care that I want? No. Is that the self-care that I'm going to be able to get? I hope. But it's sick that that's the fact that that's where we're at in our journeys, that that's what self-care is, right? And it's another thing not to have it be a, a mom's versus dad thing because I'm not a dad and I can't speak about being a dad. But um, when... When my husband, when the kids were really little and my husband wanted to go get some self-care, he was out on the golf course. My idea of self-care was hiding in a closet. <laughs> so I see that there are very big discrepancies, right? And number one, it's because we don't want to give ourselves permission to go and do something that would really be something we want for self-care. So we just hide in the closet instead, right? Like my husband didn't second guess the fact that he wanted to get away and he didn't want to hear a crying baby. So where did he go? The golf course. Yeah, okay, I'm going to go golf. Yeah. Right. Sure. Um, and that's just a thing. He likes to golf and I like when he golfs cause it's nice because he's away from me and we need step. We need separation. I believe in that. But I also think it's hilarious that as women we're like, well, I can't have actual self care. So I'm just going to hide for a few minutes. Right. But it's like, it's so sick and it's so twisted but that's what we entangle ourselves with. Like you were, you didn't want to give yourself 10 minutes to meditate, to just sit quietly because you were so worried about all of the other things. But if we don't give our brains and our bodies those breaks, and this is not like nothing I'm 
telling anybody on this podcast is mind blowing or earth shattering, but I can tell you that after parenting for almost 15 years, I can tell you that it's all bullshit. And until we give ourselves the permission to break away and have, give ourselves true self-care and actually fill the, our cup, we can't, we're, we're not, we're not good for others because we continue to get like chiseled away, right? Like it's just like that constant like hammer and chisel and da 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 And then, then you turn around and you look and the statue's gone. It's just a pile of dust. Right. Like that's yeah. it. That's what it is. Totally. Because, it be, and, and it's not that mother, and, and I always get these comments from people and it's like, motherhood is such a, a beautiful thing and, and these children are such blessings and you're such an awful person. It's like, well, okay, that's your opinion. I, I feel you, I feel you. But I'm just talking about the stuff that people don't want to admit to, but it runs through their mind. And if they would just open their mouths and share it and say, hey, I had that feeling too, they'd know they're part of a much bigger club. Yeah, for sure. And that doesn't mean I don't love my kids. doesn't mean you don't love your kids. It means you needed 10 fucking minutes. Sorry, (laughs) freaking, 10 freaking minutes. You needed 10 minutes. Yeah. That's a normal human response to having people want to need you all the time. I need a break. That's all I needed. Even when I waited tables, they gave me 10 minutes. (laughs) We're raising humans and we get upset when we want to give ourselves 10 minutes. Right. No, it's, it's crazy. So, yeah, it is crazy. I know. And then it's like when you're actually like going to go and like, obviously in a non COVID world, go out and do something for yourself. You have even more guilt that you're gone for like hours versus 10 minutes on your own. And right. like, that was something I had to heavily work through with Amelia was like going out and just like getting my nails done or getting a massage. Like, it's okay. I'll be back in three hours. And like, things are not going to end. It's like, it's okay. But I had to like, teach myself and like even just to my husband like he's such a good partner and he would say to me like go go I'm it's fine I've got this like it's your time go you know but I would still have guilt getting out of the house and like being able to allow myself to enjoy that time and checking on this and checking on that and it's like again like you say it goes back to that permission we have to like stupidly give ourselves of like it's okay just do it like it's gonna make you happy it's gonna make you feel better like and these are all things I think we know but for whatever reason as women, we fight and we just like don't. Because we, we so entangle our personality with being moms that we forget our name isn't mom. My name's not mom. Your name isn't mom. But, but I'm not, it's not, doesn't detract from the fact that that is a big part of who you are, but that's not your name. That's not who you are in, in, in its entirety. But when we say that, you know, people are like, oh, how dare she? And it's like, how, how dare I what? My name isn't mom. My name is Meredith. I love being a mom. I love my kids. I love my husband. I love being a wife. But I also like writing books and making videos and talking to women about, you know, a million different topics. And I like to create websites and design t-shirts and, and, and sell shit. Like I like to do a lot of other things. And that's, not only okay, but I should, because as an entrepreneur, I have to make money and we need to, you know, we own businesses and it just gets so entangled. And I, it's just so messy because it's the way it's been written since the beginning of time. And now that there are people out here talking about the fact that it should be done a little bit differently and we shouldn't have to give ourselves permission, we should be able to just know that it's the right thing to do. It ruffles feathers and people get pissed and you know, I eventually become a, you know, a man hater and a this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, no, no, no. Love the dads. Love, love, love the dads. I've been sharing a bunch of dads on my page lately because the videos that they've been making during COVID have been slaying me. Uh, I, you know, and I just, it's like, I I share anybody stuff who I think is funny and, and, and is relatable and gets it. You know, it's not a, it's not a mom versus dad thing. It's a mom and dad thing, but we're also partners and my, my name's not mom and his name isn't dad. Right. No, that's, I mean, that's so true. It's such a good reminder. Well, and like saying that with like you getting, you know, like the man hater and all these things like, you know, that are said to you, obviously being in such a huge community and sharing so honestly, how was it for you to navigate you know, when, you know, that, that like so, so inappropriate, like that 
whole world for you as you transition and it changed from just you blogging to actually becoming a part of your business and entrepreneur and that growing, how were you able to navigate when people would kind of attack and troll and say things to you to continue to allow yourself to elevate and grow? Because I think a lot of people go through, you know, that and a lot of people just feel like, oh, well, then I should just, you know, give up or, oh, I must be doing something wrong. And you keep you know, going and going, even though there are people that are saying things to, to you that feel it's not right or you're ruffling feathers or whatever it may be, what would be your advice as an entrepreneur and also a mom in that community that you're able to keep kind of going and not only keep going, but you've been flourishing in what you're doing. I mean, you've had so many massive projects from where you started and where you're going. I, you know, it, it's inspiring for so many, you know, myself included, but it's like, what advice would you give to some of those moms who maybe are like, oh, I don't know what to do? I, th I think you have to remember the why to what you're doing. And that's what continues to propel you, right? So my husband is so funny because he's such a, first of all, my husband thinks he's the funny one, which is funny, but he's pretty funny, but he's the logical one, right? Like he is the, these are the things that we have to do and you've got to have a mission and a vision and these goals blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I want none of those things. I just want to do things that I feel and I'm creative and he's, and you know, and then he comes back, we need a mission and a vision and a goal. And I'm like, screw that. Let's do this. <laughs> and so finally, after I wrote down my mission, my vision and my goal, um, and he was right, I realized if I stay true to my why, why I have this mission, why I have this vision, I can continue to tackle and do and, and hopefully improve and get better. Because for me, my mission and vision have never changed from day one, from whether it was the blog or turning it into a blog with video or turning it into stand up or turning it into books. That has not changed. My goal, my mission, my vision is to make sure moms feel less alone and know that this job, this dirty, dirty job of motherhood, which can be so isolating and so um, it can be so hard if we, if we let, let them know that they're not alone and that they're doing a great job and that there is a community out there for them and that it's actually supposed to look like this, then I've done my job for that day. Like, that's my job. I need you to know it's okay. I need you to know that we've all been crying in that closet and, and thinking, especially during COVID right now, like, there's nothing certain about parenting. There's nothing, like, like the decision right now, send our kids back to school or not. What, what am I supposed to do? There is not a good choice for parents right now. There is, there is no single good choice for parents right now in the upcoming school year, which is looming over us in the next four weeks. We have no good choices in front of us. None. What are we supposed to do? I'm gonna keep my kid home and screw him up or send him to school and risk bringing in this virus or, you know, shit, I'm risking bringing in the virus if I take the package in off my stoop because the Amazon guy touched it or the whatever. Like, there are no good choices right now for parents, none. There are counties right now that are asking parents to sign COVID death waivers to send their kids back to school. What? Yeah, like, no fucked up. What? There are there are there are school boards right now that are having virtual school board meetings because they don't want to meet in person to talk about this, but they're going to open the doors in four to six weeks. So. As parents, in the middle of this right now, you want me to make a good informed decision? What good choice do I have? That's all of us. We're all feeling that right now. I'm not judging the parents who want to send their kids back. I'm not judging the parents who want to keep their kids home. There isn't a good choice. Flat out, simple. Right. Plain and simple. So what are we, so, so, so if you are uh, somebody who is, starting a business or has a business or is online and they're, you know, they get trolled. I mean, people make pick, you know, memes with my face and call me Karen and this and that. By the way, Karen's a lovely name. I know we all want to make fun of Karen. Nothing wrong with the name Karen. Um, but you know, whatever a quote unquote Karen is, they want to say that that's what I am. What I am is somebody who refuses to be quiet. If, if, if you, if you want to live in this world, you have to continue to drive towards your why, whatever that is, whether you are 
you know, in a t-shirt business or you're an influencer or you want to start a blog or you want to write a book or you want to um, do um, at one, one day in the future in, in, you know, live meet and greets or events with moms, whatever your why is, you have to stay true to your why. That has to be your North Star. That is the only way that you will continue to change and get better and find success because that is, that's the piece that connects you to the rest of the puzzle. You have to stay drilled into your why. And so when projects come up and things happen, my husband always says to me, does it align to your why? And I have to look at it and say, uh, no, I don't think so. And he goes, then we're not doing it. We're not putting time and money and energy into it. And, but, but I want to do it because it looks like it's going to be fun. Well, that, no, it's not part of the why. Because it's, I'm so easily distracted. Oh, so it, am I. <laughs> it's, it's such a sad, if you've ever watched any of my live um, Facebook lives, like getting to the point of a story or answering a question, it's like, oh, you know, but, but he is what helps steer me because, you know, he knows what my why is so important to me. He's like, we've got to stick to the why. And that's, it might sound cliche, but I'm telling you, it is the the best advice that I have to give. And it's, it's the only way that I stay on track with, you know, doing what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. And I love that you shared that you get distracted. I do too. Like there's days where like, I feel like I'm so focused and I get a few things done. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm so distracted. I can't get anything else done. Everything else looks like so much. That was me this morning. It was like so many emails. I've answered the podcast. I have this to handle. I have that to handle. And I was like, oh my gosh, where do well, I think about all the jobs you're supposed to do? Right. As a mom and a wife and a business owner, think about how many jobs, how many hats you wear. How do you not get distracted when you right. have to do all of these things for everybody and everything else? And, you know, that's why when the business started to grow and things started to change, the, our relationship, my husband and I's relationship started to change and he had to start doing things that I could no longer do. You know, he, you know, he took over the cooking. He took over the grocery shopping. When I travel, he has taken over being in charge of the kids. He's a parent. That's his job. But when I was home, I was always the default parent. I was the primary parent and things had to start to shift because it was not what was going to work for us anymore. You know, and I always get people who say, oh, you're, you're so lucky he cooks. And it's like, well, why? He eats. <laughs> Shouldn't he have a part in it? And everybody much prefers his food to mine. I'm not a great cook. I can reheat the hell out of something, but I'm not a cook. Yeah. So, but it's like, am I lucky? Well, I'm lucky that he's a great guy, but he, he should share in the, the, the responsibilities of the home, but that's not the way it was the first 10 years of our marriage because I didn't allow it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll take it. It's my, I, I can do it. Just get out of the way. It'll be faster if I do it. And that mentality for 10 years caused resentments and built, built up in my brain that he obviously didn't care because he didn't pitch in. I didn't give him many opportunities and he didn't want to try to pitch in because who the hell wants to cook? Nobody, nobody in this house wants to cook. Nobody wants to do laundry, you know, but we don't, we sometimes, because we're so worried about being the only one who can do things, we don't allow the help. We push the help away. We say, no, no, I don't need it. I'll do it myself. Right. And that's hard because we're taught that from a very early age. You don't, you don't need help. You can do this on your own. And it's like, well, what's wrong with help? Everybody yeah. likes to get help. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, and so you said that your, you know, your relationship with your husband shifted a lot from everything from the beginning to also your career and business blowing up and all these things changing. What advice, I guess, would you have when it comes to that shift, because you've even said like in your shows and like you follow your comedy and all these things, you talk about how your husband and you are a good team, but how the partnership definitely has like, of course, like anyone else, it's ups and downs. But like, it seems like you do a really good job of like navigating it and figuring out those transitions. Like what would be your advice for those that maybe are newer in the whole parent world and navigating their marriage and relationship like, what would you say from everything that you've been through that you think has worked or maybe you'd share that didn't work or, you know? 
Well, we, you know, we definitely argue and, and, and when I say fight, like we, we have our arguments. We had an argument the other day on his birthday uh, over what we were going to do. And he said, that he wanted to do something and I was like no we're not doing that because I'm not putting the kids in the car for 45 minutes to wait in a parking lot to pick up something um is there something else you'd like to do and then he felt dismissed and it was his birthday I guess if he wanted to drive 45 minutes and sit in the park and I had to sit in a parking lot I should have sucked it up and done that we weren't communicating properly we ended up arguing and both saying the same thing and at the end of the argument we were like what are we fighting about we agree that this was a shitty situation and we should have listened and we weren't listening. And now we're sitting here fighting and agreeing. So what are we, what are we doing right now? And there are a lot of times when in marriage, you're actually fighting and saying the same things, but you don't stop for a minute to hear the other person to know that they're saying the same thing you are. And so I think that that's something that happens in our relationship time to time. Um, we, um, I also kind of feel like, and I don't know, this is, I'm definitely not a therapist by any stretch or, or should I be giving marriage advice? But I think when you, when you do have quote unquote arguments or disagreements, um, that obviously means you care, like you care about what's going on in your relationship. I think people who say that they never fight don't exist. I don't know why you fib about fighting because I'm Mom life. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's all good. He's whispering. I'll be quick. And it's like, what are you doing here? No, it's okay. Um, You're a mom life, right? I mean, like, especially being home, everyone's again, like in quarantine, everything going on. Like, we're just all doing our best. People will be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry about the noise. I'm like, don't worry about it. You know what? This is, this is, this is life right now, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's no, there's literally, when you think about it, there's no time since this whole thing happened where we've been away from our kids, you know, since March. Right. But I think, I think arguments, disagreements, going back and forth with your spouse, learning how to communicate, learning how to listen, which is really hard to do. Who knew it, right? But like <laughs> listening to another person is extremely difficult. That, and you know, you just, you have to, and you also have to, you also have to learn what your spouse considers a priority because I can guarantee you that you and your spouse probably don't share a lot of the same priorities. Because what I think is a priority, my husband does not agree as a priority. And so like, I don't like to go to bed without the dishes being done. He could not, he does not care if it was a sink was piled high. It bothers me to lay down and know that the dishes haven't been done. I need to take care. There are things I need to do, right? And, and it sounds silly, but those things can start a lot of disagreements and arguments because you feel like they're not, they're not sharing a priority with you but that's because they don't have that priority. So you have to figure out where the middle ground is. Compromise is really difficult. It, it doesn't sound like it should be, but it's really hard to compromise over and over and over again. But that's what marriage is. It's a lot of communication and listening and, and compromising and um, you know figuring out how to be on a team with somebody and continuing to show up and be on that team for them. You know, And we'll be married 17 years in October and it's not, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's not easier now than it was before. It's different, you know, but you have to learn. It's a, it's a living, your marriage, like parenting is a living organism. So you just have to learn what, what you need to do to make it grow, what things kill it, you know, and you got to just do that over and over again, I think. I read a really great story um, that I'm going to share on Wines Day this week of a woman in Florida whose husband is in uh, an Alzheimer's unit. And because of the ban, you're not allowed to go in and visit in retirement and nursing homes. And so she, they've been married 45 years, I think. She got a job as a um, dishwasher so that she could go to work every day so that she could see her husband. 
And she says she knew it was the right thing to do when her husband recognized her, even though she was wearing her mask. Oh. So if that doesn't make you feel all the feels that a marriage can be a really strong, wonderful thing, because it's hard. Those people fought, whether they want to admit to it or not, those people in their prime heydays fought. But she knows what the most important thing is, and that's to see her husband every day. And so what does she have to do? She has to go to damn work and wash dishes and mop the floor. This woman's got to be close to 80, 80 something years old. And that's what she's doing right now during this crazy ass time in order to see her husband who has Alzheimer's. Wow. Okay. They win. Is right. Wow. They win, they win the day, right? Like you win, you're amazing. And so it's like at the end of the day, that's, you know, that's obviously the kind of love we all want. So we just have to learn each and every day how to communicate and compromise and get there because there's going to be bad days. There's going to be great days. And there's going to be days where you probably don't talk to each other, not because you're mad, but it's just like, I've been looking at your face for a long time. Don't have anything great to say right now, you know? Right. Totally. Well, yeah. And I, and I mean, and thank you for being real about that. And like, I was going to ask you, you know, I hate this word pivot because it's all that people say, we have to pivot, we have to pivot. And I'm like, oh my God, screw the pivoting. But how are you guys, you know, transitioning, flowing, whatever word you want to use? How are you guys, you know, as a team, as you were saying, you have to get on each other's team in general and parenting and in marriage. How are you guys now really being a team, especially with your three kids home and everything you're going through and, and, and figuring out how to make it work in your own way? It's not been easy. It really hasn't. Um, because it's just that, like we said earlier, there aren't really any great answers right now. So we're just trying to figure out how to survive in the, in the moment that we have. And so we will have conversations and we'll say, okay, like, I feel like at this point in the pandemic, we're just trying to make the best informed decision for what we're doing at that moment in time, right? So like the question was, are we going to let the kids play with the neighbor kids? And for the first March, April, May, part of June, the answer was no, they didn't. We didn't allow them to play with the neighbor kids. And now, um, you know, we have shifted and said, okay, at this point, they need to see other people. We have to let them outside. So what are the rules going to be? Well, they can go outside and they can ride bikes. They can play with their friends. If we go to the community pool, they can swim because that's open back up. They can swim with their friends. Um, we have to remind them about the hand washing and we have to remind them about the mask wearing. And we have to remind them they're also kids. Could somebody get sick as a result of this and then our whole house get sick from this? Yes, but we have to live. Like this has now been March, April, May, June. We're halfway through freaking July. We have to let them see other kids. Now, there are gonna be people who completely disagree with me and say, no, get back in your house. Don't go outside, don't. But at this point, we had to look at each other and make a decision. And as a team, we said, okay, we're gonna let them play with the neighbor kids. We're not going out to stores. We're not going out to restaurants. When we do get takeout, there's a whole damn process of taking it in and cleaning it and replating it and heating it back up to kill anything. And both, you know what I mean? The same thing with groceries. You go out, you're masked up, you're wiping everything down, you're taking it home, you're wiping it down again, you're putting it away. Like we're doing what we can to get the risk as low as we can, but we are also human beings. And at this point, it's, trying to not get sick, but it seems like, especially in Florida, because we're the epicenter of this entire disaster, it's like, well, odds are not great that we won't get, like, we'll probably get sick from this, or we already have had it and didn't know it, right? Right. But I friggin' know, but I can't keep my kids away from the entire neighborhood any longer. So we're trying to stay in our bubble, in the neighborhood, and do that. But it's not, I mean, there, once again, there are no good choices. Yeah. So it's like, how do we keep the risk as low as we possibly can? That's all we can do. And so that's, you know, it's caused arguments. I mean, he and I have not agreed with things. I wanted to go somewhere. I don't even remember where it was at this point. And he was just like, the answer is no. 
we're not going. And it's like, but I want to go. And, and he's like, but I don't care because I don't think this is a good risk to take for exposure and blah, 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 blah. And then I was, you know, I listened to him and after pouting, cause I pouted, I was like, okay, I understand. Yes. And, um, it, you know, it, he was right and I was wrong and we went about it and, but it's, it's not easy. Like I've wanted to go out and eat, but I know that that's not the smart choice. I, I should not be in a restaurant right now. Um, we definitely would love to go out and see, you know, like go to a bar and have a drink, but I, I don't think that's a smart choice at this moment in time, mm -hmm. you know, so I'm not going to do that. But you know, it is, it's tough. This entire thing, COVID sucks. This whole thing sucks. It is. Yeah. Oh, I right. don't have a lot of answers. Right. No, I mean, and it's like, and, and I love you. Like I don't have a lot of answers. Nobody does. And you know, and it's like you said, you just got to make the best decisions for your family, for your situation, for what you think is best, what works for you. And that's it. You know, it's like, Hey, listen, I've gotten tons of messages because you know, right now, we're in Western Pennsylvania. We decided to get the F out of LA and, you know, get on a plane during everything and wash and scrub and do everything that we could do, you know, to be safe and get to, you know, my husband's parents' house because we were losing our minds in LA. LA has just gotten just like Florida, like worse and worse and worse. And it was just like after being pregnant during quarantine in a pandemic and then giving birth during a pandemic and into the riots and everything else. It was just like, enough is enough. Our mental health is suffering. Like we need to get out. We need a change of scene. How can we do that to be safe? Because of my own, you know, complications with my, with my birth and VBAC and my doctor didn't want me driving, you know, anywhere. He wanted me only flying. It was like, okay, I guess we're just going to fly to your parents. We're not going to get in a car. We're not going to drive. We're not going to go on a road trip. And it was just like, that was what worked for us. But I've had tons of people message me and say, oh my God, you got on a plane. Oh my God, you left. You know, you did this, you did that. And it's like, yes, because that's what we felt was right for our family. And we have really stayed indoors and quarantined in LA the entire time and really didn't see anyone, stayed in our bubble. And it was like, it was time to expand the bubble a little bit safely and go. And, you know, it was still scary, of course, getting on a plane and, you know, everyone had masks on, everybody was socially, you know, distanced and, you know, we, you know, were together and had our masks the whole time and we're wearing the kids because we obviously have a newborn and a toddler. And so we didn't want them to touch anything and the washing and, the, you know, everything, but same with us. It was like, it was time to do something to allow our minds to feel like there's some kind of change, you know? And I think that that's what it is. Like everyone has to make their own decisions, whether it is just stay home and don't go anywhere or do something that's safe. And, you know, I appreciate you share, like it was hard for you guys to navigate too, but you guys are working through as a team and just making decisions kind of as you go of like what works and what doesn't. Yeah. It, it, it you have to, and yeah, because this is, this is, so, I can't even, I can't even think about all the women who gave birth during this. Oh, yeah. and the thoughts and the feelings that were going through their heads. Yeah, it was, it was, it was so intense. I mean, thank God for me, my daughter decided to come right at 48 to 42 weeks. So, you know, Justin was allowed back into the, you know, uh, labor and delivery room, but like two weeks before that he wouldn't have been able to. So I was like, as much as I was exhausted being pregnant, I was kind of like, well, thank God you held on because like, then I had him like the women that gave birth alone, I'm like, oh my God, you're beyond warriors. But like, it was crazy being pregnant, you know, during quarantine and the pandemic and then giving birth and everything else. Like, it was just so, it was wild. If you had told me that's how it was going to be during all my stuff, I would have been like, yeah, okay, sure. You know, it was like, I mean, it was just nuts. So, and obviously for all of us during this time, it doesn't matter what you're going through. It's a crazy time and you're, you know, everyone's trying to navigate it. And it's like, you just got to do what is, right for you. And I think that's where, like, again, going back to just like the whole motherhood circle, there's so much shaming and bashing right now of like, don't do this and don't let your kid go anywhere and don't do that. And don't, and it's like, can we just stop judging and just be kind and just like say, you're doing the best you can do as long as we're being safe. Right. And we're, we're all being, you know, aware of what's going on. If you chose that that's the right thing for your kids to be able to have their bubble expand into the neighborhood kids, then that's your choice as, as their mom. And that's your choice as parents. And and that's what you decided, you know, works for your family. And some families have decided they don't want to go anywhere and they want to keep their kids inside. And that works for them. But it's like, 
Let's stop the constant shaming and trolling of like, you know, oh, you shouldn't be doing this and you shouldn't be doing that. It's like, this time is so freaking difficult as is. Like, let's just be kind. Like, let's just like, like let, let people do what they need to do and just be safe about it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a very trying time and people are on there, people are on the edge. And so what I continue to do every time I go live and I talk about this is just say, you know, we've, we've, we've got to really be one day at a time through this process and, you know, be being smart and being safe and being, you know, like people have asked me like, well, why are you wearing a mask? And I'm like, cause we're like, it's recommended. And it makes simple sense to me that you wear a mask when you go into a store uh, and, and no, they're not requiring them by law here. But I, you know, my, my logical brain is telling me if I'm, if I'm keeping my, my uh, uh, spittle in and somebody else has a mask on keeping their spittle in, we have less chance of spittling on each other. So I'm just going to do that because it makes sense to me and it's not a political statement. It's not me telling you anything other than, I think we should all be wearing masks right now because it's what's safest for everyone. You know, my germs, you know, if I'm a silent carrier, you surely don't want me to walk in here without a mask on. If you're a silent carrier, I don't want you to walk in here without a mask on. It's just a very, a very uh, basic, simple health statement that I think is, you know, smart, right. you know, wash your hands, wear your mask. Right. Your hands. We learned that when we were super young, right? Wash your hands. Wash your hands. And, um, you know, I mean, just being smart about stuff. That's, that's all we can do right now. And I wish more people would just be kind, but you know, I think this is just amplified a lot of different things that are going on in our country. And it's, and it's scary, you know, it's a scary time. And that fills your headspace, unfortunately. And that's what's I think caused a lot of people to just also feel more and more isolated. Yeah. But it's another reason why I try to go live as often as I can to kind of be like, hey, I'm still over here, this corner of the internet, we're still, you know, screwing around and making jokes. So if you want to hang out and talk about things like, I'm, you know, I'm your gal. Yeah. But that's, that's all it's like, that's what I can offer. That's all I have right now. Join okay. me, take it or leave people it. People need it, right? Like they, they need that laughter. And I was going to ask you like, you know, like with like the, all the comedy and you've been doing so many lives and I've caught some of them, like, is it, is it hard for you? Was it hard for you to, I mean, I know you've done some virtual stuff before, obviously all of this, but like, was it hard for you to go from like straight up, like just doing your stand up and your shows like live and with people to just only now being virtual and continuing to like really still bring your comedy forward to all the people that like need it, including yourself, I'm sure. I, it's, it's a little, it's definitely weird not being able to interact with people because it was a big part of what we did and I miss it tremendously. So I can't wait for like a 2021 tour. Um, but I definitely understand why it doesn't make sense to try and go right back out now, because I do see people that are like, shows coming in August and September. And it's like, I'm not playing that game at this moment in time, because I have no idea, especially being in Florida, what it's going to look like. Um, but I think it's been, it's been good for me to have people and they just show up every day and we chat and we talk and we, you know, can get things out. So it's been very good for me to just be kind of going live as often as I can. Um, and of course, you know, I have, I have a book coming out in September. So I've been, you know, talking a lot about, about that. Cause I was like, you know, it really sucks that I can't go and be on TV shows and promote this book and like talk all about this. And I'm trying to sell the, sell a book in the middle of a damn pandemic. And there's not really great ways. There's not really great ways to market right now. So it's been, it's been hard, but I've just been honest about that and just been like, Hey, you know, this is what's going on. And it's, you know, buy my book if you want, because that's one way to support me. And I definitely thought that I would be doing book signings in September, not just talking to you online, you know, because it sucks because this was my first published book. So there's been a lot of things, but in the grand scheme of things, is that a really big deal? No, this is small stuff and we'll get through it and it'll be okay. Right. Yeah, no, and that's, and that's a good message. And you've still kept the comedy 
you know, when you've done lives, like obviously you're sharing raw too, but like you've kept people laughing, you've been able to still encourage people. And I think that that's, you know, obviously it's part of who you are, but I think that's important in this time because we all need to laugh. We all need to be a little bit more lighthearted and, you know, all that. And like, I wanted to ask you because I have so many days and obviously too, I just had Arlie. So I know my hormones are all over, but like, I have to check in with myself and be like, laugh and like, remind myself to like, be happy and like, you know, and, and not be, you know, like you said, consumed by everything going on in the world and be overwhelmed by it. Like, what are some things that you do personally to help you not only stay sane, I don't want to say self-care. So like stay sane and like be able to also still continue with your comedy, like in what you do, what are some of the things that like, you know, you feel like help you right now during this time? Um, I definitely, uh, like to laugh. Like it's a big part of, of who I am. And so I always say I'd rather laugh than cry. So I look for ways to do that. Um, I um, love to get recommendations from people on whatever they're binging. And like right now I'm in the middle of a Grace and Frankie binge. Uh, It's a great show on Netflix that has it's just hilarious. It's very well written. I am loving it. And it also, it gives me an opportunity to laugh and think about funny things, which then in turn gets me to create funny things. And so I I think it's important that we fill that space with things that we enjoy and that we find, you know, humorous or funny. Like I just, I also just started Fleabag, um, which is very funny and very well written. And I love the camera angles and I love how she talks to the camera in the middle of a scene. And, you know, it's just, it's fantastic. So um, I try to find these, you know, I, I write as well. So I, I try to find these ways to continue to be creative. And, and um, I only allow myself to um, spend five minutes on Twitter in the morning, because if I go further down than those five minutes, then I get stuck in the rabbit hole of, um, because it's where I go to get my news, right? Because it's where I follow every news outlet and every publication, but um, I'm not turning on the news anymore uh, because I can't take it. So same thing. I use like Facebook, Twitter. I don't go on the news anymore. I go five minutes on Twitter and I check to see like, all right, what's happened. And that's it. Because if I go any further down the road, that was like today where I saw that, um, somebody messaged me and they're like, did you see you have to sign a waiver now to send your kids back to school? It's a COVID uh, death waiver. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, no, 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 no. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. You know, because it's, it's a scary shit we're talking about. You know, these are our kids. Yeah. So, and it's like, Ugh. that's how you, like, I don't want to feel these things. You know, right. nobody does, but. Totally. As parents right now, we are all in a, in between a rock and a hard place trying to figure out how to live, live life. And it's caused a lot of, um, you know, like ragey moments for us as parents. But the one thing that we continue to do, I think if we continue to do this, that it will help is if we just continue to show up for each other, be kind, um, offer support and assistance when you can, and just let your other friends your parenting circle know like you're not alone we're all feeling these feelings and we're all going to do the best that we can to get through this there is a light at the end of the tunnel uh we we, this will not last forever they at some point this will you know come to an end yeah and life will resume um but we just you, you know we have to be there for each other to get to that point yeah, so true. And exactly. I said the same thing. I'm like, it sucks, but it's, it's not going to be forever. Like it's, it, it will, it will eventually end one way or another. So it's uh yeah, I mean, I, I think, I, I think that's really good advice. And I love that you also said, like you said, five minutes on Twitter and you're off because I think too, like, the, like you said, the rabbit hole, whatever that rabbit hole may, may be, we all get sucked into it right now and you can just stay on and just get consumed. And it's like, once your mind goes there, it's like, forget being productive, forget even just being able to feel anything. Your emotions are shot. Well, I made the mistake of checking Twitter the other night and it was like, Kanye West runs for president. I'm like, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. 2020, you need to give it a rest. I can't take any more 2020. Like, 
this is not what I needed before I was going to bed. Because then I was having all these dreams about Kanye West and like, and I was just like, I'm out, man. I can't take no more. But somebody said something today um, that I giggled out loud at. It was a meme or something. And they said, what if 2020 is like a mullet? It was all the crappy business in the front, but it's going to be party on the back end. And I was like, well, maybe, maybe 2020 is the year of the mullet and we will be able to get out of here with a little party on the back end. Who knows? I don't know. Totally. But we all know a mullet and a good mullet is a, is a majestic thing. So hopefully it's party on the back end. I don't know. Yeah, I'll take it. Party on the back end. I like it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, like you said, I mean, it's like, you know, you just gotta, gotta go with it until we know what that is. Yeah. I keep telling myself that too, but I like that. I'm going to, I'll take that with me when I have moments of like, oh my God, what is this? Just think well, of the, the majestic mullet. Majestic mullet. Amazing. Well, thank you so much Brandon, for all your time. I, I know your kids have popped in and out with real mom life. They're like <laughs> waving to you. Like, hey, what's going on? Can I come in yet? Um, before I let you go, um, is there any fun, like, you know, comedy or anything like you'd want to leave us with that, you know, you'd want my listeners to like, you know, hear or remember about you. And then obviously plug yourself, tell us where we can find you, tell us about the book, all that good stuff. Uh, well, yeah, I'm really excited about the book. It's, uh, you can get it. I can send you the link. And if you want to put it in with your stuff, it's, um, it's on Amazon and obviously everywhere where books are sold, but it comes out September 1st and it's called ask me what's for dinner one more time. Uh, inappropriate thoughts on motherhood because I don't think I was asked in during this pandemic what was for dinner like probably a million times a day it just drove me up a wall and so we decided to to change the title of the book to ask me what's for dinner one more time because it felt so fitting oh, although the book was finished <laughs> prior to the pandemic thankfully um, because I couldn't imagine what I would have written if I wrote during this but um, you know, I just, I like to, I like to look at the, at the things that we go through as parents, because I talk about a bunch of different things in this book and it's not an advice book. It's advice ish or advice light because it's just me telling my stories and it's everything from, um, you know, sharing household chores with your spouse to the fact that my husband's love language is sex <laughs> to going through puberty with two kids right now. Uh, you know, like it's, it's, it's 75% of my kids are going through puberty. It sucks. Uh, and this is what that's like, you know, and, and having a child who's, um, on the autism spectrum and, and, um, you know, dealing with the maze that is autism. So it's talking about all of these different things, but I always do try to find the funny in every situation, because no matter what, you can take something away that you can, you know, laugh about. And, 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 and I try to, you know, use that to also make it more palatable because it's easy to find the dark side of the cloud, but you know, there's, there's, I, I truly believe that there always is a silver lining. So let's figure out what that is. Um, I remember the time my, um, one of my kids, I went to wash my face and I turned in the bathroom and I grabbed my face towel and I pulled my face towel up to my face and it was covered in, in shit. Oh my God. And I almost, I almost dried my face with a feces, feces covered towel. And in that moment, I thought to myself, like at, like at what point did my child wipe their ass with their own hand and like bear claw the bottom of their bum and then assume that they had washed their hands well enough, but then went and dried their hands on my face towel, and then thus realizing that their hands were still covered in shit, then leave the bathroom fully well knowing they were still covered in, like, what if I failed as a mother? Like, this is my life, right? But, you know, that's motherhood. It's like wiping your face with a pair of shardy underpants. Like, that's your life now. And in that moment, I didn't laugh. Clearly, I had come face to face with feces, but I laughed after the fact because, <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. Poop is funny and kids are funny. And I, I did eventually identify which child wiped their bum and hands um, with my face towel. Uh, uh, and she's lactose intolerant. So it's, you know, wasn't all her fault. But the point <laughs> of the story is, 
motherhood is tough. We have to find the laughter. Um, I shared that story, obviously, when it happened a couple of, you know, years back and, and people laughed as well. And if I, can, if I can give you that laugh by me almost wiping my face with a shardy covered towel, then I've done, I've done my job for the day. <laughs> totally. Yeah, well, and like you said, I mean, let's be real. I mean, obviously me having a newborn again, like I'm like, oh, I mean, it's it's just shit. Like that's all it is. Like nursing and pooping, nursing and pooping. It's like, <laughs> you know, and now we're trying to figure out, you know, the potty training fun with Amelia. You know, and it's like, oh good, yes. Nursing and pooping. Toddler doesn't want to go on the potty, take the diaper off, pee on the floor, you know, it's <laughs> well, I don't think people realize how many fluids are involved in parenting at the beginning. Yes. Like, you don't know how intimate you're going to become with somebody else's anus or their fluids. And it's like, I don't really like fluids. So I would have, you know, preferred to not go through that part, but you do it because, you know, you love them. But, you know, people don't realize how many bodily fluids you're going to have to come in contact with. Right. Exactly. For a long time. Yep. And that's why, like you said, it's like, like, let's be real motherhood. Really like there, there it's just, we're all in the shit in one way or another. <laughs> Poopy place. There you go. Poopy place. Well, thanks so much, Meredith. Uh, definitely make sure to check out your book. I'm excited to order it when it uh, comes out. I will send you a copy. You just oh, send me your address. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. And I know you'll get going again when uh, the world returns. And I can't wait to go to one of your shows, IRL, you know, again. IRL. Yeah, IRL. And tell us, you know, for those that don't know, tell us your social. I'll put it in the show notes. But tell us your social to follow you as well. So Facebook is that's an appropriate Instagram is that's an appropriate. Um, I don't, like I said, I do news on Twitter. I don't really tweet. I'm not a tweeter, but um, you can also find me on YouTube at that's an appropriate. And uh, that's, you know, that's pretty, that's pretty much it. And then we obviously have our own podcast called take it or leave it an advice ish podcast for parents that I host with my good friend, Tiffany Jenkins from juggling the Jenkins. And, um, you know, that's it, you know, but you'll have to come be a guest on our show now and we'll have yeah, to do thing sure. and, um, it'll be great because, uh, you'll love Tiffany. I'm sure you follow her too. Yes, totally. I, I love you both. You guys are hilarious. Thank you for bringing, you know, some light and laughter to uh, strip down today. It's definitely needed in motherhood right now. And, you know, good luck and Godspeed. Stay safe in Florida. Oh, you too. You do the same. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Bye, Ryan.